Blog Talk Radio. First World Order Radio, finally, finally, we are on the air. No doubt. All right, all right. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. We get on into some of that order consciousness tonight. First World Order Radio every Wednesday, 8 p.m. We got to talk about what is taking place on the planet. There's always going to be somebody in the building on First World Order Radio. First, we need to let you know we're going to be doing more shows, giving out more information on Wednesdays. Wednesday is 8 o'clock. We are now going to make this the hottest day of the week. Levels in time, order, and importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates to bring about specifics and the group based on value and natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air, same as your thoughts transmits it. Proceeding levels in time, order, and importance. The most prominent parts, voices, or instruments. Earthly state of human concerns and existence. An indefinite multitude, quantity, or distance. System regulates to bring about specifics in the group based on value and natural characteristics. Current radiates electromagnetics of sound through the air, same as your thoughts transmits it. You need to understand how magical this is, uh, something like this every Wednesday can become. So you need to start uh, getting your calendar right, get your schedule, your schedule right. You need to know our intention straight out. All right, so, I mean, these clues are given throughout the various languages was to piece the puzzle of this ancient mystery school back together again. And what we plan on doing, both of us, is bringing y'all some surefire dynamite. We're going to take this level up a notch. We're going to have stuff to do here. This is not just going to be about philosophies and theories. Shit that works. You have to activate the pipe in which that produced this black chemical called melanin. We, what we did was gave a hard line in the sand between the different definitions of Esoteric study, exoteric study. Playtime is over.
Peace, peace, peace. It's Brother Fahim Il on for the night. Brother Aline, Dr. Aline, uh, is on, on, is traveling around the nation tonight on a tour, so I'll be your host for the night. All right, our, our topic tonight will be what they never told you in history class. I will be speaking from different uh, sources tonight, dealing with the Moors history and dealing with the contributions we had made in the world through the centuries that they never told you in the history classes in your schools, in our history classes. But first, I'm going to touch on some of the topics today as current events. I know uh, everybody has heard about the tragedy, and an- another tragedy that is, in San Bernardino, California, where three supposed to be suspects had uh, did shoot up or killed 14 people and wounded 17 others. And yet another uh, massacre, which I believe is uh, some more of these, what you call uh, Manchurian candidates. That's what I believe is what's going on here, you know, uh, the, dealing with the Columbine and the other shootings as well. 
So anyway, I'm going to get on to the subject, what I'm talking about, the topic what I'm talking about tonight. And I'm going to read here. It says, I'm going to read it, I'm going to say it in my words, though. But I'm going to read this to you. It says here, Asiatic people must remember, the European Western world has committed a crime against science. Because starting about 500 years ago, when they colonized most of the non-European world, they conspired to rewrite the history of non-Europeans to imply that the millions and millions of non-European people did not contribute to anything to world development and civilization. Those of you who know that study and read about our history know that's a lie. So let me go on. Science is classified knowledge obtained from systematic observation, study, and experiments. Therefore, history is a science. For example, we have carbon-14 dating of fossil DNA testing and the scientific investigation of other similar artifacts. And yet, they deliberately falsified and ignored the scientific evidence pointing to the African origins of civilization. This is by Dr. Jack Felder. And it says here, there is widespread belief in our society that some races' contribution to mankind is not as significant or important as others, and that this somehow determines their present-day value. Race, therefore, becomes the critical ingredient as to whether that race should be tolerated or eradicated. It is the most important U.S. government building called the White House. Uh, As I say in the question, is not the most important U.S. government building called the White House. And if you rearrange the letters in America, does it not spell I am race? Hmm, something to think about. And when you talk about the White House, well, that's dealing with more science also, you know. It doesn't mean it means something else. You know, it means purity and divinity. But they're not going to tell you in your history classes when it comes, especially when it comes to the history of America, or so-called history of America. Put it that way. Let me move along here. We have forgotten that the framers of the U.S. Constitution owned African slaves. How we also forgotten that the first twelve presidents of the United States also owned slaves. Now, I'm gonna stop right here. He says the first of the framers of the U.S. Constitution owned so-called black slaves. We also forgot that the first 12 presidents of the United States also owned black black slaves. Now, if he's talking about the first uh, presidents under the Constitution, or he's talking about the first uh, nine presidents of of the Articles of Confederation, because you you see you had the Articles of Confederation, the Articles of Association, then you had the Bill of Rights, then you had the Constitution. So there are four constitutions. So which one is he talking about? Okay, so we got to get that straight here. Also, not to be uh, to be uh, critical of anyone of their writing or anything like that, but you know, uh, had to be more uh, correct when we're dealing with with history, and especially our history, our own Asiatic African history. So uh, one thing, another another thing too, what we have to realize 
what they don't tell you in history class, that we own slaves as well. And I'm not talking about just our own Asiatic, African sisters and brothers. We also own Europeans at a large number. A large, great number of them we own. That's what they're also not going to tell you in history class. That's what actually what the real civil what the civil war was really all about, and to do away with a lot of more sovereignty in the South. It was also about yes, it was about uh, uh, economics. It was about that. It was about state rights. Yes, but a lot of Moors in the South owned land, lots of it between five or seven European slave masters in the South during the Civil War period. The rest of the slave slave owners were Moors, owned Moors and owned Europeans as well. Excuse me. But a lot of people still don't know that and still be shocked if you tell that, that, that today, that they didn't know we owned slaves. Yes, we did. A lot of us also fought with the Confederate Army, not as servants or not as service or, or, or stevedores, as they called it back in those days, uh, uh, as uh, 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 laborers, but we fought as combatants because we wanted to protect our land down there that they wanted to take from our, our ancient foremothers and forefathers. And they weren't having that. So they had to fight with the Confederate States of America. I want you to get a clear understanding why Moors served in the Confederate Army. Because a lot of them down there was not slaves, never were slaves. It says here, now as parents, knowing the true nature of the U.S. ruling class, don't encourage our children and race to read books by historians that tell the truth, then we are committing a crime. We are neglecting the higher education about our people and why they are important to us and to humanity. I have known for a number of years, and when he came up with what they never told you in history class, it was a stroke of genius. This book is absolute must-reading for all Asiatic people now. Why? Because it is a roadmap for Asiatic people. It tells you where you came from, where you are. And where are you going? Now I'm going to stop right here. Now a lot of you that are listening tonight, you notice that I might use the term Asiatic, I use the term African, I use the term Moabite. I use the term Aboriginal Indigenous or Aborigine Indigenous. I will use the term more. Okay? These are all the correct terms when referring to our people. These are the correct terms. Not black, not people of color, not African American. So when I'm reading a lot of these uh, paragraphs to you, I'll be rephrasing these paragraphs in my own words, time for us to step up to another higher level of learning. 
and understanding, or may I say a high level of inner standing, of history, of true history. Okay, let me move it on here. It is also a compass and a time clock that points in the direction of our, of our freedom and tells us the time of day today, yesterday, and tomorrow. They have a saying in Asiatic Africa, if you don't know where you're going, any old road will do. Well, this book is giving you the right road to the to the right road to follow. Therefore, if we fail as a race of people in the future, we will not have any excuse. That's so true. Says that one one of the high points in this new edition of this book is this: he deals with Asiatic African origin of Christianity. Many African Christians don't know that at least three popes were Moors. They were three Roman emperors who were Moors also. Hmm. A lot of us didn't know that, but it's so true. They know that the month of July was named after Julius Caesar, and August was named after the Asiatic Roman Emperor Septimus, or Septimus, or but August was named after Augustus, not Septimus. Septimus was uh, uh, um, the Emperor Septimus. I mean, the, the the month of September was named after Emperor Septimus. I need to correct that. Or when we say amen or amen after praying, we are just giving praise to the great Pharaoh Amun-Ra. Well, let me let me rephrase this again. Now, the, uh, what they call Pharaoh, there was no such title known as a Pharaoh. I'm going uh, to clear that up with you. But a lot of us, I, I, I have said that I uh, have been guilty of uh, making that pronunciation myself, of Pharaoh, because at that time I didn't know uh, any better and I didn't know what I know today. Like I said, it's time for us to climb up to uh, a higher level of learning, education, and understanding of ourselves and of ourselves as we as a people. Okay? It says here, the man was so great during his time that every prayer had to end with his name. And even almost 3,000 years later, every prayer ends with his name. During the time of of, the, of Christ, there was no Middle East, which is very true. It was created by Europeans in order to write Asiatic people out of the Holy Land. They have called Asiatic people Nubians, Lydians, and Phoenicians to cause confusion in their real racial makeup as what you call or so-called black people. Yes, this was to tear you away from your lineage, uh, what they call the Middle East. There's no such section or region nowhere on the planet Earth called Middle East. That was made up by Europeans to take us away from our ancestral background and to, uh, to divide us, like they say, Egypt. They always use the term Egypt and Africa. You know, Egypt this, Egypt that, Africa this, Africa that. But, but Egypt is and 
in the northeast corner of Africa. It is north, actually, it is northeast Africa, which is Egypt. I'll say it again. Northeast Africa is Egypt. And Egypt is also a corruption. It's, an, it's another corruption of the name Misraim. Misraim. That's the, that's the name, actually the name of the country. Misraim. Or some people may say Kemet. When you're dealing with the African continent, you may say Tameri. Al-Kubalan, or you can say a Mexim. Okay, let me move along here. Remember, adherence to European supremacy got the upper hand and to colonize most of the non-European world. The biggest damage was that they colonized the writings or rewriting of world history. They wrote the achievement of so-called colored people out of history and claimed all the real achievements for themselves. Those who classified themselves as white know that, I'm going to stop right here, they know those who classified themselves as white know that that is a status. A status actually means God, ruler of the earth, or ruler of the earth land. That's what white means, means purity, divinity. That's why they choose or chosen, they have chosen that color. They wouldn't call themselves white until about the 1850s or the middle of the 18th or 19th century. Before then, they were referred to either as Europeans or they were referred to as Romans, Germans, or, 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 or et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. The term white did not, before that time, the term white, white did not even come into the picture. This again, those who classified themselves as white know that black Egyptians, no such people, invented the alphabet. Meaning the commissions or the people of Misraim invented the alphabet, and uh, the what so called black Arabs invented the Arabic number system 0 to 9, which the whole European world uses today. Do you think European people will teach you that in their school system? Now, no, 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 this is a question. Do you think European people will teach you that in their school system? Now, today, almost the year 2000 B.C., most Asiatic people believing God waited, uh, waited six, 16, 10 years to come to the European king of England King James the first, sixteen oh three to sixteen twenty five, who had questionable sexual preferences for members of the same sex, and decided a preference for intoxicating liquids. That's also true. In addition, he was a racist who got Shakespearean to translate and rewrite the Hebrew Bible for the English-speaking world. Well. I got some new information on King James the first, uh, by Doctor Aline Elbey, and he was telling me one time that we had, he had found out that he saw a statue of um, King James the first, and the statue 
was the statue of a boar. You get this? I'm saying it again. I have gotten information from Dr. Alin El Bay, and he was telling me one time that he had uh, the statue. They have a statue of a Moor that's supposed to be King James I of England, which was King. He was King James IV of Scotland. King James uh, Stuart. That was his last name, Stuart of the Stuart clan of Scotland. Then in 1603, he became King James I of England after the death of Queen Elizabeth I. I'm going to make some corrections here on that. Okay, let me move along here. In addition, he was a racist. We've got him to see who translated. Okay, they say he was a racist and rewrite the Hebrew Bible for the English-speaking world. He could have done that. And he could have been a racist toward his own people since I found out he was a Moor. But as a lot of people say, well, how can, how can he be, in, he, be be all that and he was a Moor? Well, you got a lot of dirty Moors out here. A lot of dirty Moors out here. Because if you didn't, we wouldn't be in the condition that we're in today. Under servitude. Okay, so, uh, well, he was a pedophile, okay? You can't put nothing past, but you can well, as we sometimes say, uh, Negroes. You can't put nothing past them. Come on now, you know how we are. Some of our people are. I ain't going to say us as a whole, but you know how a lot of us are guilty of some of these crimes against humanity as well. Like I said, we be sold and uh, we enslaved a lot of European people. Messed with their women, sold their women off, had some of the men castrated, made them out of eunuchs. And that's one thing we as a people got to get out of. Stop playing this victim role. And start taking responsibility for ourselves. That's why a lot of uh, Asiatic Africans in, in, uh, in America now, can, uh, now cannot get reparations. Well, if we get reparations, then we got to give reparations to the Europeans that we have made slaves out of. So you know they ain't got nothing coming from us. So therefore, that's a done deal. We ain't getting no reparations. We ain't getting no 40 acres, acres of the mule. We've been hanging that up. Okay, let me finish reading here. It says here, please get and read the original Holy Bible, Aramaic Bible, or at least the Hebrew Bible or Greek Bible. Well, I'm turning all all of you over to to my strong African brother, Cush. Hold on, hold on to your seats for, this, for the ride of your life. For Asiatic African truth and justice, a pointer to our liberation. That was the end of that page there. A lot of us, well, you know, we have to, uh, like I say, we have to come out a lot of this, you know, playing this victim role because we had enslaved Europeans first. We were the first enslavers. 
of the planet. And they already did with a return us the favor. Now we have paid the debt. Now it's time for us to climb up out of the ashes, like the Phoenix bird, climb out of the fire of the 500 years of ash. Now, of 500 years of the burning ashes, and be and become back back to the source, and link ourselves back to the source, to where we are supposed to be. Because a lot of them, you know, when you get black history, you're not getting history, you're getting slave history. And this is what's been going on for the last 400, almost 500 years. But the reason why we haven't really got to the place where we are supposed to be at is because of our own selves. You look at the Morris Divine National Movement, that was started by Prophet Noble Juwali in 1913 A.D. A.D. meaning Anno Domini, meaning in the year of domination. He started the most divine national movement here in America. But this is 1913. Here it is 2015, 2015. Almost 102 years ago. And this is as far as we got. Why? Because we had a lot of sellout mowers selling out this movement. But now, the Morris Divine National Movement is resurging and resurging in force this day. More and more and more of us are reclaiming our nationality and birthright due to the birthright theft from the Europeans. It's not about skin color. It's not about how much they don't like us. It's birthright theft. Okay? All right. Okay, now, for instance, we can take what you call the first United States of America and its first constitution. Its first constitution, okay? Most Americans are not familiar with the true history of America, but rather with history, fact. The Constitution of the United States existed long before the so-called Founding Fathers plagiarized it and claimed it as their own. The one clue they left of this fact is contained the first paragraph of this greatest document. We, the people, adopt this Constitution. Well, the first United Iroquois Nation of America. Iroquois is a confederation of nation tribes. You have one thing, you have the United Washington, the Dumamundia Moor Nation Empire, which is the oldest tribal nation in the world. 
the oldest, the oldest, which supersedes over all of the other nation tribes, not only in the Americas, but in Africa as well. That's been declared by the United Nations. They have sent anthropologists, all types of scientists, to check the validity of that. And their findings were true. Our United Nations number is 215-93. Look it up. Look it up. Get on the website and look it up. The history of the Washita. It says here, the first United Iroquois Nation of America, commonly known as the Six Nations, the Mohawk, the Seneca, the Cayuga, Onada, Onadaga, Adadora. But you got other ones too, the Lenape, Nanako, Cheyenne, Cher- Cher- Cherokee, Sioux, Blackfeet, Seminole, Akitiwa, Benashimael. Those are the other ones, or the few I just named. Those are just a few I just named. The cultural, it says here, the cultural heritage of the Amerindian peoples is reflected on the, the linguistic relationships of the spoken languages today. Only a few of many are illustrated above. The earliest languages came from Asia via the West, and there has been a continuing input of Asiatic words from the Pacific. Repeated incursions have taken place on the Atlantic side, ancient Libya, so-called Egypt, Phoenicians, Celtic, and Basque. Colonists brought dialects, of which some tongues can still be recognized. And it can be. So not only the United Washita uh, is the oldest tribal nation in the world, but we also have our own language, the more by Washita tongue. You will hear me say, Aha'ate Washita East, meaning may my spirit and your spirit spring forth with the jaguar. You can get on the website and you can find out the Washita language where you can learn the language yourself. I don't know, I don't know how much uh, the classes are, but you get on his website and learn our language. We have, yes, we have a national language. We have a flag. We have a constitution, which is the Constitution of the United States of America, because the United States is of America. America is not of the United States. No, it is not. The United States is of America, because we had the constitution hundreds of thousands of years before any first European had set foot on this land. The Constitution law was already here. So we share it with the Europeans from warring with them through all these years. So we con- so we contract with them.
restricting the corporation, what they call the government, what they can do and what they cannot do. says here, who was found in the mounds? The question, the bones of Negroid giants, that's the word they use. Articles by albinos rarely admit these giants are Negroid. Albinos mean the Albion, Europeans, okay? Read, I'm going to read this over again. Articles of albinos admit, rarely admit that these giants are Negroid. Two would be incorrect. Two would be incorrect to call them Africoid because nappy, spiral-haired Asiatic people are indigenous to North and South America as well as Africa. Asiatic people are indigenous to the entire planet, and they very cosmos. We are from everywhere. The very word indigenous is indigo or indi, which means black or dark. That's how, that's how the so-called Native Americans here in the Americas, that's how the so-called Native American uh, Natives here in America or Native Americans here in America were called Indians. Because the word came from indigo. And a lot of us, the vast majority of us, were called Indians as well. A lot of people don't know that. We were called Indians, but we are not Indians. And they are not Indians neither. All the Algonquin, the Algonquin people are nothing but Moors. Well, you see a lot of, uh, what they don't tell you in the history class, a lot of the uh, race, people uh, from other races from Asia had traveled from the Bering Strait through Alaska. And when they got here in the North American continent, they saw all these dark moors, or what they used to say, copper complexion people, because that's what we are known as, copper complexion people. You don't believe me? Get the 1828, or if you can get it on the website, look it up on the 1828 Noah Dictionary, the American Dictionary. Look it up. And it will tell you that the indigenous people were known as copper complexion or copper colored, as they as they would say. So there are no such uh, people as people of color. I'm just repeating what was said in the in the dictionary, Noah Webster's uh, dictionary. But look it up. When the European, and it would tell you when the Europeans came here, they took on the title American. But the original Americans were us, or still us to this very day. Most of our Asiatic people don't know this because everybody is looking at Africa. Well, we all we all are of African descent. That's true. But we were the first inhabitants of the Americas, the first, the very first. Thousands upon thousands upon thousands of years, even before the so-called Indian came. 
But when they came, they amalgamated and mixed with our people. And we amalgamated and mixed with them. I have a picture picture of my great-great-grandmother, a post-Civil War era picture of her. Her name was Eastar Doss. She is a Choctaw, Washita, Moore. Choctaw meaning dark chocolate complexion people. That's what it means. Choctaw means dark chocolate complexion people. Then you get on the website, on the Washita website, you can see me holding her picture. A brother with a black fez on his head. That's me. That's me and my great-great-grandmother, the Choctaw Washita Moore woman. Okay, let me move along here. The the word indigenous is Indy, black, gin, beginning. The source of gin, the beginning, is black. The word human is way, color, man. Dr. Richard King wrote that all, well, all black neuromelanin nerve tract of the human brain is profound, proof that the human race is a Asiatic race with many variations of so-called black, from uh, black to black to white black, all internally rooted in the vast the vast sea of brain blackness. Back to the mounds. Following all custom internet articles, giants in the pyramids of America, skeletons of tall giants. Distinctly African Moors features have been found in many of these mounds, which African or which so-called African Americans, including the Washita Nation, regard as sacred sites and pyramids. Many of these structures are over 3,000 years old and have been dated based on carbon dating of artifacts found in them. Although some have been dated to, uh, to being settled about 9,000 A.D. Anno Domini in the year of domination. Hmm. Hmm, people, you heard that? Now we can take that with the, uh, we can go to, to hear the Moors and the uh, American Revolution. We are often told that the first man to die for the American Revolution was a so-called black man by the name of Christmas Attucks, one of the many blacks, or we can say one of the many Moors who were involved with the War of Independence. The mention of Attucks is a feeble attempt to hide the truth. The Moors were at, if not, the very foundations and cornerstone of the creation of the United States Republic. The United States Republic, not the United States Democracy. You want to get that straight too. You don't want to be a democracy. You want to be a republic. Because I've stated before in my other uh, last lectures on the blog talk show what democracy actually means. It means the rule of the demon, or it means mob rule. Democracy means majority rule, but it don't mean it's right. I don't mind repeating myself. Uh, you can say, for instance, like two or three, three of us were sheriffs in one town. I'm the sheriff, and I have two 
two deputies at my side, and they caught one of this man stealing one of their apples, and they wanted to hang him. But we had to tell them, no, we have to arrest them first and then wait for a trial by a jury of his own national peers first. But the town has about maybe 200, 250 people. But, of course, they can, if they want to really hang this man, they can overpower us very, very easily. And the and, and results will, they might hang this man. This man, or we can say the man got hung, okay? But that's what you call a mob rule call a democracy or a democratic form of government mob rule what the uh, what me as a sheriff and my two deputies represented the republic or the republican form of government that's what we represent republic means republic means law a structure or a country ruled by law that is a republic. Okay, let me move on here. It says here, uh, the Moors were, and if not, the very foundations and cornerstones of the creation of the United States Republic. The Constitution for the United States of America was adopted from the Moors, as I explained to you earlier in the talk, and no, in the lecture. Okay. At least half of the land was credited to their said government by the Moors. At least half the signatures of for the Declaration of Independence were Moors. Now, half the signatures for the Declaration of Independence were Moors. Did you hear that? Okay. But now we have sort of a contradiction here. We have such of a sort of a contradiction here because it says here that okay, I'm gonna read this from the from the book of what they never told you in history class by Kemet Cush. I can find this page here. Okay, it says here: Have we forgotten that the framers of the U.S. Constitution owned black slaves? Have we also forgotten that the first presidents but the first 12 presidents of the United States also owned slaves. But now, okay, but what they didn't tell you is that have more recent information, more recent information, and he probably didn't know, you know, and I'm not, not, not uh, you know, uh, criticizing or anything like that. Because at the time, I didn't know when the book, but they never told you in history class, came out until, until recently until I started studying more science. That the Constitution for the United States of America was adopted from the Moors. The land was ceded to their said government by the Moors. At least half of the signatures of the Declaration of Independence were Moors. Now, as I said also, Moors also owned slaves. They own Moors, Asiatic people, and European people. Okay? Which they're not going to tell you in the history classes. Which a majority, a lot of people don't know today. That we own Europeans. 
as well as Moors. Because it was a system that was already set up by our ancient foremothers and forefathers. It was the blueprint for the Europeans that when they took over, they used the same method against us. That's all of what has happened. Okay. Says here, the architect who designed their capital city, Washington, D.C., was designed by a Moor. Yeah, Benjamin Banneker Bay. Banneker Bay, or what you can say in Moorish terms, and in the Hebrew, uh, Benjamin Banaka, Emmanuel Bu'ali Bay. That was his holy tribal name, or his free national name. His free national name was Benjamin Emmanuel Bu'ali Bay. Got it? All right. At every phase of American development, you find Moors. The following images will help to give a visual validation, validation of the comprehension of the author's books. The book, Black Courage, written by the Daughters of the American Revolution, one group passed as gatekeepers through the annals of Moorish American history. This publication showed the facts about Moors, Blacks, of say Moors involved in every aspect of the American military. But as you know, most recounting of this period in history failed to mention these contributions. When and if these colonial invaders decide to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, the world will come to acknowledge the land known as America as a dark a continent as they consider Africa or don't ask a continent as they consider Africa. And put it that way, in those words. Okay, it says here, Christmas Attics. In Boston, Massachusetts, on the evening of March 5, 1770, British soldiers fired their muskets at point-blank range into a crowd of protesters led by a stout man with a long stick. The stout man was identified as an eyewitness as the mulatto, or the mulatto, or morlatto, or morlatto, whatever you want to call him. Crispus Addis was the first to fall, killed on the spot with two balls entering his breast, or you could say his chest. This this event, later known as the Boston Massacre, was the culmination of the resentment and outrage felt by the citizens of Boston as a result of soldiers being quartered on their property by the order of the king to enforce laws passed in England without their consent. What I told you about consent. That's why a lot of us are in the condition we're in, in now this day because of, because of our own consent. Okay, but I'll, I'll get later you on, on another topic about that. Okay, you're going to deal with what they never told you in history class, the history of our people today. Says here, the most despised of these laws was the Stamp Act, 1765 and later the, 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 the Tax on Tea, 1773, which resulted in the Boston Tea Party. John Adams later, the second president of the United States, 
of the Constitution at the trial of the soldiers for the death of addicts and for others, Samuel Gray, Samuel Maverick, James Caldwell, and Patrick Carr, that the, this addicts are taken to be the hero of the night and led the army to form them in the first place in Dock Square and marched march them up King Street, now State Street, with their clubs. The five men killed that night were buried together in a common grave, and Crispus Attucks, who, with his court was thick, had raised his arm against the soldiers of King George III because the first martyr of the American Revolution. Well, he became the first martyr of the American Revolution. That's what it says there. Like I said, they will tell you a lot of things that uh, we had nothing to do with the creation and creating anything or any contributions to civilization, but we taught them civilization. As uh, me and Dr. Arlene were talking one time, uh, a lot of people were criticizing even some uh, so-called conscious Moors or call themselves criticizing the Moors that... Uh, that educated the Europeans and taught them a lot of our sciences. Well, me and, me and Eileen both agreed on that. We glad they did teach them that. Because all of this great big nuclear arsenal they have today, why hell, they would have destroyed the whole planet by now. If we didn't. So we glad they did teach them. And I have no problem <coughs> Of uh, Europeans knowing our science, and I know I have no problem with that. I have no problem with their knowing our masonry, because that is the blueprint of civilization to cultivate the land. You know, civilization, so we all can live in peace and harmony. I, I don't see the I don't see the problem in that. That's uh, Brother Abdullah Bey was saying one in one of his DVD videos. He was saying that uh, they were uh, telling you that oh, well, rape, murder, pillage, and looting, and stealing, and so forth, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is European culture. Well, I, I, I had to agree with him. It's not you. It's not a culture. That is not a culture. Murder. Stealing, robbery, or looting, you name it. That is not a culture. That is what you call a, de- a, 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 a decadent society. People out of control. People have lost the knowledge of themselves. So they are down to a beast-like level. That is not a culture. Okay, here. 
move along here. Much of the terminology of the conquerors in the Spanish borderlands used during this initial period was drawn from the religious crusades that the Christian kingdoms of the Iberian Peninsula waged, waged against the forces of Islam during the reconquest. 711 to 1492. 1492 uh, was supposed to be, be the beginning of the fall of the Moors, especially in Spain and Europe. At that time, it was called, before that, it was called Moorish Spain. In other countries, uh, in, in southern Europe, it was called uh, Moorish Sicily. That's what a lot of them don't tell you in the history class. Sicily used to be called Moorish Sicily. That's why so many of their people today, they have sickle cell. They call it something else. But that but it's sickle cell. So you know they have uh, been amalgamated and mixed in with a lot of our people. Okay, let me move along here. Explaining how the habits of warfare forged over centuries die slowly. Francisco Lopez de Gamara, one of the chronicles of Mexico's conquest, wrote in fifteen twenty three or fifteen twenty yeah, fifteen twenty three that since the Christians had long fought infidels, the conquest of the Indies began when that of the Moors was over. Despite of the fact that there were few, if any Moors in the Spanish borderlands, it was not an common for the colonists there to refer to the Indians as Moors, as I explained to you earlier. I'm going to read this over again. Thus, despite the fact that they were few, if any Moors, in the Spanish borderlands, it was not uncommon for the colonists there to refer to the Indians as Moors. The Indians were described as carrying Moorish bows, bows and arrows. They were accused of worshipping the devil in mosques, ceremonial chambers, and according to one Santa Fe resident, Joseph D. Armijo, who served from who served in insomnia, his sleeplessness in 1749 was due to a fear that the Moors might attack unexpectedly. Just this reason, I mean, from this page, an article from this page. Okay. Okay, I'm going to go on a break here, about five minutes, and I'll be be back to you. All right, those of you who have any comments, uh, you can call the number at, uh, Aline's number at 910-364-9099. 910-364-9099. Or you can call my number, 314 314- Six four 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 two five three one four six four 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 two five. All right, going a little break here, and I'll be back in four or five minutes.
All right, all right, all right. I'm back. Okay. Let's get on uh, back to the uh, the Moors and dealing with the Confederacy. I'm going to read this couple of pages here from the book uh, Moors in America, a compilation by Sister Tahidas S. Najee Ula'el and Brother Victor Taylor-El. All right. Say, say, uh, the statement here, since attachments give some people trouble, I am again posting by called Black Confederate Fact Sheet, but this time in the body of the message. Please review this and let me know if there are any glaring errors. I plan to distribute this next month when all of the Black Yankee adoration are as well, as in full force. Okay? It says here, the Confederate Moor, we haven't, or uh, why haven't we heard more about about these or about them? Talking about Moors. National Park Service historian Ed Sears stated, I don't want to call it a conspiracy to ignore the role of Moors, both about Moors, both above and below the Mason-Dixon line, but it was definitely a tendency that began around 1910. Historians Aaron L. Jordan Jr. calls it a cover-up, a cover-up with started back in 1865. He writes, during my research, I came across instances, some, uh, came across instances where so-called black men stated they were soldiers. But you can plainly see where soldier is crossed out and, and body servant inserted. I'm going to read this over again. Over again. Okay. It says here, during my research, I came across instances where a so-called black man stated they were soldiers, but you can plainly see where a soldier is crossed out and body servant inserted or or inserted in or pension applications. Another black historian. Roland Young says he is not surprised that Moore's fault. He explains that some, if not most black Southerners, would support their country and that by doing so, they were demonstrating it, it a possible, that they were demonstrating it as a theme of slavery and leave one country. This is the very same reaction that most African-Americans showed during the American Revolution where they fought for the colonies, even though the British offered them freedom if they fought for for them. (coughs) Well, the reason for that, I want to explain that is, well, they offered them freedom they fought for them, but actually this was their country. America was their country, and they, they knew they were the original Americans. 
I mean, although you still had some Asiatic Moors fight on the side of King George the Third uh, against the colonists or the so-called colonists and the Moors, because you had some of us fighting against each other as well as against the European aggressors. So I want you to understand that. So I go on here. It has been estimated that over forty, over sixty-five thousand Moors uh, were in the Confederate ranks. Some, or over thirteen thousand of these, saw the elephant, also known as meeting the enemy in combat. I'm, I'm gonna read this over again because I explained to you earlier that uh, a lot of Moors had fought on, on the Confederacy side. But a lot of all of them were combatants, not non-combatants, or servants, or indentured servants, or laborers. They were combatants. Okay, let me read this to you. Over thirteen thousand of these saw the elephant, also known as meeting the enemy in combat. These so-called black confederates included both slaves and free. Because a lot of us were not slaves. A lot of us were free and always had been free. Okay? The Confederate Congress did not approve Moors to be officially listed as soldiers, except as musicians, until, until later in the war. But in the remake, it was a different story. Many Confederate officers did not obey the mandates of politicians. They frequently enlisted Moors with the simple criteria will you fight will you fight that was the question historian urban jordan explained that the biracial units were frequently organized by local confederates and state militia commanders in response to immediate threats in the form of union raids dr leonard haynes a uh asiatic african professor a southern University stated that when you are alienated, or when you when you eliminate Confederate soldiers, you have eliminated the history of the South. Wow. Hmm. Hmm. Read this again. You have to excuse me because these words are very small and hard for me to read. So you have you have to excuse me. All right. Read that again. Dr. Leonard Haynes, a, a so-called African-American professor at Southern University, stated, when you eliminate the so-called black Confederate soldier, or you say the Confederate Moor soldier, you have eliminated the history of the South. That means we made the South. We people, us. Our ancestors made the South. That's why that statement was made. Okay? The Richmond Howitzers were particularly manned by Asiatic militiamen. They saw action at First Manasseh or First Battle of Bull Run. The First Battle of Bull Run, where they operated Battery Number 2. A battery means a group of artillery cannons. That's what they mean by batteries, so those that you don't know. 
Oh, there are some that are you listening tonight that's been in the military know what battery means when you are dealing with artillery. Okay, but I'm saying this for those that don't know. All right. In addition, two Asiatic regiments, one free and one slave. Let me say this again. In addition, two or what? How do they say? Oh, I'm gonna say it the way they say it. In addition, two black regiments, one free and one slave, tells you right there. A lot of us was not wasn't slaves before, long before, or during the Civil War. Okay. Okay. Now, it says here, one black, one slave participated in the battle on behalf of the South. Many Asiatic people were killed in the action. Recorded John Parker. A former slave, free Asiatic musician, soldiers, and teamsters earned the same pay as, or what they say, so-called white Confederate privates. This was not the case in the Union Army, where so-called blacks did not receive equal pay. Equal pay. Ain't that something? For what they're saying is they were treated fairly among their Confederate peers. That it was with the Union, among their Union soldiers. Soldiers, ain't that something? But, but you don't hear that in the history class, or uh, what they never told. This is what they never told you in history class, right? Okay. At least one Black Confederate was a non-commissioned officer, James Washington, Company B, 34th Texas Cavalry. Hmm. Let me see this. I'm gonna read this again. At least one. Black Confederate was a non-commissioned officer, James Washington, Washington, Company D, 34 Texas Cavalry, Terrell's Texas Rangers, became its sergeant. Check that out. At the Confederate Buffalo Force in Rockbridge County, Virginia, skilled Asiatic workers earned an average three times the wages of their European Confederate soldiers and more than most Confederate Army officers. Ain't that something? Oh, man, you need to get this book. This book is called Boars in America by Sister Chahida S. Nashi Ula'el. You get this book, uh, sisters and brothers. Very interesting book. Mm. Okay. Let me move along here. Dr. Lewis Stainer, Chief Inspector of the United States Sanitary Commission, while observing General Stonewall Jackson's occupation of Frederick, of Frederick Maryland in 1862, over 3,000 Asiatics must be included in this number, Confederate troops. These were clad in all kinds of uniforms, not only in the cast-off or captured United States uniforms, but in coats with southern buttons, state buttons, etc. They were shabby, but not shabby, not what well, but not shabbler or sealer. I don't know what these words mean. These were slangs that used back at that time. Then those were worn by Europeans in the rebel ranks. Hmm, let me read this again. 
These clothes, they were shabby, but not shabbier or sleekler than those worn by the European men in the rebel ranks. That's interesting. Most of the so-called Negroes had arms, rifles, muskets, sabers, bowie knives, dirks, etc., and were manifestly an integral portion of the Southern Confederate Army. Frederick Douglass reported there are, at the present moment, many so-called colored men in the Confederate Army doing duty not only as cooks, servants, and laborers, but real soldiers, having muskets on their shoulders and bullets in their pockets, ready to shoot down any loyal troops and do, do all that soldiers may do to destroy the federal government and build up that of build up their rebels. I can hardly read that because some of these uh, words are kind of blurred. Okay. So bear with me here. It says here, so-called black and white militia men return heavy fire on Union troops at the Battle of Grimsville near Macon County, Georgia. Approximately 600 boys and elderly men were killed in this skirmish. In 1864, President Jefferson Davis approved a plan that proposed the emancipation of slaves in return for the official recognition of the Confederacy by Britain and France. France showed interest, but Britain refused. The Jackson Battalion included two companies of Asiatic soldiers. They saw combat as at Fredericksburg uh, under Colonel Ship. My men acted with the utmost promptness and goodwill. Allow us, allow me to uh, to state that. Allow me to state that. Allow me to state, sir, that they. Uh, they behave in an extraordinary, acceptable manner. It said, recently the National Park Service, with the recent discovery, recognized that Moors were asked to help defend the city of Petersburg, Virginia, and were offered their freedom if they did so, regardless of their official classification. Native American Moors performed support functions that in today's army, many would be classified as official military service. The success of the white, so-called white Confederate troops in battle could only have been achieved with the support of these loyal black Southerners. Hmm. Hmm. That's something. Just want to uh, read that part, of that you know, article. Some of the words are like very, very small. I can't hardly read them hardly. That's why I'm stumbling over some of the words. So, okay. Okay, so. But uh, I'm going here, moving along here. Dealing with wars in early Europe. Reading some of the information I got here from Brother Ivan Van Sertima's book, Africans in Early Europe. Okay. Okay. 
It says here, Isis, or you can say Aset. Uh, to correct her name is Aset, or the, or the correct pronunciation is Aset. The corrupt uh, <clears throat> pronunciation is Isis in the Greek term. It has nothing to do with the terrorist or the so-called terrorist group ISIS that they are t- talking about today. So I want to straighten that out right quick. Okay. Secessions of Greco-Roman invaders ushered in the, in the decline of Egypt's great African dynasties from 323 to 30 B.C. Lower Egypt was occupied by the Macedonian Greeks who set up a stronghold in the area known as Alexandra, out of the Greek military leader and plunderer. Because that's what he was, a plunderer. And a homosexual, I may add. The Greek, the Greeks who ruled under the title of Ptolemy were followed by Roman invaders until the A.D. 640 takeover by Islamic hordes. Egypt was under the influence of the European Greco-Roman world. During the period of the Greek and Roman rule in Egypt, Aset was viewed with awe and had assumed many of the attributes of her sister deities. The famous inscription at the Temple of the Nith at Aseus was looked upon as identical with Aset, expressed the prevailing attitudes surrounding her. I am everything that was and that, er- and that is, that shall be. Noah has any moral, any mortal ever been able to discover what lies under my veil? <clears throat> Says here, the first Ptolemaic ruler and the Egyptian priest Manetho recognized the worship of Isis, or as I may say, Aset. The Greeks quickly adopted to the Aset cult which brought to the initiated that expectation of a future life with this fastings and abstinence from the pleasures of sense, that the soul might lose itself in the mystical contemplation of deity. The Romans initially met the worship of Isis with ambulance, I mean, ambivalence, but by the 2nd century A.D., the cult of Aset and Serapis Therapist and an aberration of Asar and the Apis bull made its way into both Italy and Sicily. Though the cult of Aset was widespread in Italy, it did not always gain the support of the officials of Italy, and often her status was repressed only to rise again. Well, you know, uh, Aset is also is. Uh, with the uh, Christian dome, what they call the Virgin Mary, is based on based on the Aset cult or the Aset uh, mysteries. That's what it's based on. And you, even today, during the Christmas season, uh, you hear people singing, "Oh Santa Maria." Uh, you know, that's what they uh, that's what they're singing. They actually given homage and given honors to our set, or what they call the Black Madonna. <clears throat> okay. 
Let me move on here. It says that on occasions during the Republic, her shrines were ordered torn down. Augustus outlawed the building of temples to Osset in Rome, and Tiberius prosecuted her priest Caligula, however, shooter than his predecessors. However, shooter than his predecessors at measuring public opinion and had a temple built for the African goddess in the campus marches with many of the successive Roman emperors following his example. So they have built a lot of sculptures of her, even today. They got one in Poland and a church. They got one in, I mean, all over Europe. They got statues of this woman or of this mythical figure. Okay, because we want to, we don't, we don't want to. Uh, I don't want to tell you that it was actually a real a set or you know a real ISIS as they say it. I don't, I don't want to tell you that. They get you all confused. Okay, like Mary of Jesus, like Mary, uh, the mother of Jesus, is a mythical figure. Okay, all based off the offset cult or the offset mysteries. Okay. Okay, so in the aspect of mother with child, a lot of you have seen this picture or seen sculptures of it uh, in different Catholic churches and uh, cathedrals. That's what they are talking about. It says here, in the aspect of mother with child, a set was pictured as an African woman with, as they would say, black skin and Ethiopian features, Ethiopian, well, Abyss, I would say Abyssinian features, okay, because Ethiopian is a corruption of Abyssinia. Ethiopia is a Greek term, okay, so we don't want to get into that neither. This early image of the Asset was dispersed throughout Europe by Rome's imperial legions. By the latter, by the, by the latter half of the 30th century, Aset had ascended over the Greeks and Roman goddesses as she had over other African goddesses as well. In Africa and Europe, Aset rose from obscurity to supreme rule over other goddesses. On both continents, the transfiguration of Aset may have been aided by similarities on racial and cultural aspects. Anthropologists have noted that many of the the Greek and Roman goddesses were portrayed as what they would say black, such as the goddesses of Sibele and her daughter, Demeter, Melania, often confused with the Eleusinian Demeter, as well as Diana, Rhea, Artemis, and Ceres. The Roman emperor, Julian, 3rd century A.D., who sought to repress Christianity, had the image of Sibele brought to Rome. The great mother had been carried in the form of a black stone from Phrygia to Rome, and no one could surmise from his narrative that he doubted the divinity of the stone or the efficacy of its transference. Evidence that Aset ascended over the Roman goddesses can be found in the ruins of Pompeii and Ostia, or Ostia. This is what they don't teach you in history class. They don't teach you that, especially don't teach you that world history or world history class in some of your uh, uh, colleges, 
or junior colleges, uh, let me add. Okay, it's here. The code of Asset, or I, go, I don't, don't want to say that, said, the mysteries of Asset spread into the and throughout Europe. Her her associate her associated emblems, magic, majestic depictions, attributes, and titles first identified in Africa became well known through she maintained her African qualities and gained new qualities from the Greeks and Romans. Her portrayals eventually took on the racial features common to the European inhabitants of her new domains. Europeanized depictions of Asset often displayed their hair and large ringlets, but even so, this style is maintaining its Egyptian influence as evident in portrayals with their hair layered and, and tired or tiered or covering the upper forehead reminiscence of hairstyles indigenous to ancient Egypt, e, Egyptians. The following eyewitness account served as the model for a letter or a later woodcut. says here, <clears throat> in Europe, Isis was also associated with the emblems of the lily, the ankh, ears of corn. Some of you may <clears throat> masons of the Masonic Order know, know what that means, the ears of corn. Globe, <clears throat> ship, crescent, and full moon. Images of Isis or Aset could also be identified by aspects of clothing. The mantle of Aset was brought over by the shoulders to form a knot which hung below the breast the breasts. Greeks and Romans of the ancient world usually associated the veil with feminine virginity, particularly in the vir- in the virgin cults associated with the Roman goddess Vesta. And some statues also beside relievos or bas reliefs when Isis appears alone, she is entirely veiled from head to foot as a symbol of mother's chastity. Hmm. Says here, a great mystery was attached to the veil. Say, great mysteries were attached to the veil, which covered her head and upper upper forehead, as demonstrated to, by the carvings on the Sire statue. In some depictions, she was a long hooded tunic, and like the veil, the hood is drawn over the head, covering the upper forehead. In Europe, Isis had maintained the attributes of protectress to, to those she loved, her devoted worshippers, as a virtuous, faithful, loving wife. Her moral character was exemplary. The Greek and Roman goddesses displayed many of the emotional failings which mortals succumb to, but not the gentle and ever maternal asset. She was associated with the reappearance of Sirius in the morning sky, bringer of the Nile, summer solstice flood. She was known as the Great Mother, the Tender Mother, the personification of femininity, immaculate virgin, to whom women prayed for forgiveness of sexual sins. Our ladies, the Queen of Heaven, Star of the Sea, and the Mother of God, with other title associated with her. 
the mysteries of our set coexisted with nascent, uh, nascent Christian Judaism and associated Roman religions. Here we go, says Sarah. Isis Arset, the black Madonna of Europe. Despite the official suppression of worship of Isis in Europe, the African Arset maintained her pull, her pull on its citizens. This may be seen in the veneration of this may be seen in the veneration of iconicalism, destruction of icons. That's what it means, which began. <clears throat> during which began during the seventh century, Emperor Leo, the Assyrian, and other leaders supporting the iconicalism, the felt that the veneration of Christian icons and roots in the worship of pagan gods and goddesses, pagan and Latin pagans, signify villagers related to religious paganorum, religion of the country people of the, the country people. That's what pagan means. <clears throat> I explain that to you uh, in my own words. It means the worship of nature. They worship nature. It has nothing to do with nothing to do with what they say with the devil or so-called devil or <clears throat> anything demonic, anything like that. All a pagan is is a worshiper of nature. Well, nature is God, and God is nature. Am I right or wrong? Okay. Let me go on. Okay. After the <clears throat> after after iconicalism, many icons, including those of the black Madonnas, were reproduced or restored. During this period the restoration of many of the black Madonnas was not repainted in their original dark colors. The fourteenth century through the first half of the sixteenth centuries represent the Pioneers flowering of of Russian iconography. The make the makers of the icons continued to, to work under the Byzantine influence. One of the most notable iconographers from this time period was Saint Andrew Rublev. An interesting and interesting his friend and teacher was another iconographer named Saint Daniel the Black. Daniel meaning God. Be my judge. That's what Daniel means. The black, okay. Or you can say the more. Despite the early destruction of black Madonna tradition, accounted for their reappearance in Europe over the centuries. For example, the Russian iconographers painted according to treatises which set the law for pole style theme and coloring of icons. During the, the, during the 17th century, one iconographer called for the adoption of a new of a new style iconography. He said of his colleagues that they did not understand what is bad and what is good. They told on they hold on to the ideas that are out of date and attribute the special virtue to those things that they have long since fallen into decline and decay. Where did these senseless lovers of tradition discover the Injunction to paint the figures of of saint of let me see hold on, hold on to paint the figures of saint in the changing fashion always with dark and swarthy faces. Hmm. 
The influence of, of the African ascent or ISIS can also be observed in the Byzantine type. Black Madonnas were parallels or observed in the emblems associated with both images. In the Byzantine type icon, the head and upper forehead of the Black Madonna is veiled by a mantle or a tunic hood. The Black Madonna's throne also came from a tradition associated with Isis. The throne was sacred to Isis, and even her Egyptian name, A-S-T, the acronym, connotes throne. They are depictions of the Black Virgin, gesturing her arms towards the heavens, as seen in the Russian Byzantine type, known as a Mother of God, Orans. Ain't that in something? So really, when you see a lot of the nuns in a lot of your Catholic churches wearing those garbs over their heads, that's where they got that from, from the Black Madonna. Or you can say the Moor Madonna. Hmm. So, uh... <clears throat> There's a lot of contributions that a lot of our people have made to the civilized world and uh, made it into a civilized world. Like they talk about the European Renaissance. Actually, there was no real Renaissance of relearning anything. That's what Renaissance means, the uh, rebirth of learning. There was no such thing as a Renaissance in Europe, as they tell you in history, or as they lie to you in history. The only renaissance that happened to them was us bringing civilization to them. Uh, like the the Medici or the Medici family. You know, uh, had contributed a lot on uh, so-called Italy at the time. I can tell you one person here uh, here's that it says here that the Moors were adopted into royal families, giving royal surnames and accepted into marriage with the noble families. There were several such Moors among them. Don Afonso Carlos de Barbon, adopted son of Charles III and an architect, Queen Isabella, mother of Afonso XIII, had a a favorite Moor. Marie Marlene, who was a club uh, guitarist. Marie de Pacheco, Spanish Joan of Arc in 1520. Her, her protege Moore was, was responsible for most of Marie's powers. And at Salamanca, Chacala, a girl from Guinea, adopted by Charles II, rose to be an important religious figure in Spain. So we had a lot of influence in Europe. A lot of influence in Europe. Moors did. Even after the so-called fall of nineteen of fourteen ninety-two, but this was in fifteen twenty. Okay, let me go on here. Like in other European countries, Spain and several Moors who became eminent in the fields of learning, the arts, medicine, and other areas of endeavor. Juan Latino, an ex-slave, became one of Europe's great Latin scholars and poets. From servitude in the house of Duke of De Cesar, Latina to the children of the nobility, 
nobility, and in 1565, this was what? How many years after 1492? What? Uh, 70, 72 years? Okay. Took the chair of the professor of poetry at the University of Granada. His remarkable book on Don Juan of Austria at the Battle of Lepanto was published in Granada in 1573 and won him respect as a scholar. It was one of the most prized of rare books in the world today. Juan Latino married one of his pupils, Anna de Cardinal, who, who, by whom he had four children. A writer of the period described his daughters as very beautiful, although mulattoes, elegant and dressed in the fashion of gentle women. Cervantes, in his preference to Don Quiso, dedicated a poem to Latino, Another celebrated mulatto of that of that time was Cristobal de Menendez, a priest, son of noblemen, and a Moorish mother. So we all inside of their families, our blood is all running through their veins all over Europe. They call themselves pure or uh, Aryans, or or as we know, the true Aryans and the Aboriginal Aryans. Well, more anyway, because a lot of us are called nobles, and that's what Aryan means, noble. That's what Aryan means, noble, would make Hitler popular uh, turn in his grave, wouldn't it? <laughs> okay, let me go on. You say that um, uh, how many people know that the Three Musketeers were written by a Moor? The Count of Monte Cristo was written by a Moor. Alexander Dumas was a Moor. How many people know that? How often do they teach teach that in the history class? Not very often, I can tell you. But yes, Alexander Dumas was a Moor, County of Monte Cristo. Okay. It says here, the Moorish presence can be seen everywhere in Portugal in the architecture of many of the buildings. They still retain their Moorish designs, like the Praca, Toros, and the Bull and the Bull Ring in Lisbon. A walk to Alfama, the oldest quarter in Lisbon, with the 15th century houses, narrow, narrow uh, winding streets, dates back in the time when it was last and the last settlement of the Moors. The Fado singers abound in all corners of the bistros of Alfama. Their rhythms owe much to Africa. Even the fishing boats on the beaches of Cascades show marked African traces called the Rebellos. These boats, with their large square red or white sails, which also also ply on the Duro River to fetch wine from the upper valleys, are reminiscent of the transport boats of Logos and Nigeria. The influence of African remains in the very life stream of Portugal today. The scene of the last battle in the, of the Moors in Portugal was the Castelo de São Jorge. The Castelo de São Jorge today still stands overlooking the city 
of Lashbona, as the Moors named Lisbon. It says, still stay today, and it was named Lash, Lash, Lashbona, L-A-S-H-B-U-N-A, L-A-S-H-B-U-N-A, as the Moors named Lisbon. That was the Moors' name for Lisbon, Lisbona. There came Lisbon, based on that name. They called Lisbon today. Then there is a story told by the Portuguese of a nobleman who was also saddened by the death of his wife, a young Moorish slave whom he had married with conversion to the Christian faith, that he gave up his life and fortune and entered a monastery. Now I'm going to start right here. When my Moors started converting to history, converting to Christianity, that's when they started calling them Moriscos. That's when the term Moriscos started coming out then. Okay? Okay. Okay, that he had converted to the Christian faith that he gave up his title and fortune and entered a monastery. His wife was buried on a high plateau called Sierra de Air, and it's from the name that the world-renowned shrine as Fatima is derived, or Fatima. Moorish domination extended to parts of Italy. In 846 A.D., in the year of domination, they held the city of Rome in a state of siege, while in 878, they captured Sicily from the Normans. Like I told you earlier, that Sicily used to be called Moorish Sicily. Okay? That they held the city of Rome in a state of siege, while in 878, they captured Sicily from the Normans. Twenty years later, the Moors took control of southern Italy by defeating Otto II of Germany. As in Spain, Portugal, Mr. Nation, took place on a wide scale between the Moors and the Italians, who at the time had large infusions of Germanic blood due to the invasion of the Goths and Vandals. The Vandals were a German tribe. That's where the word vandalism comes from, from this German tribe called the Vandals. African slavery in the 15th century from Spain and Portugal spread into Italy. The parents of St. Benedict the Moor, the Catholic saint who attained revered fame, came out of this intermixing and, in the fact, the blood of African permeated through all layers of Italian society and found its way into leading families, including the most illustrious royal family of the times, the Medicis. Yeah, the Medicis. Color was a no bar, no bar to power and honor in Italy. This was illustrated one Alexandro de Medici, known as the Moor, became the first Duke of Florence. His mother was a Moor and had been in the service of the Pope, having the service of the Pope's aunt, the wife of a mule driver. But Pope Clement the Seventh. The Cardinal de Medici took her as his mistress and was the father of Alexandro, 
All the writers of this time stated that Alexandra was a mulatto, and his African features were vividly depicted by the paintings of Brosini and Vasari. It was when Cardinal de Medici became Pope in 1523 that he made his illegitimate son, Alexandro, the sole ruler of Florence. Later, Alexandro married Margaret's daughter of Charles V, Emperor of Germany, Spain, and Austria, and ruled for five years until he was treacherously murdered. So we got bloodline, we got blood, bloodline all through Europe, don't we? <laughs> All through Europe, and this is what a lot of our people don't know. You know, um, a lot of we we have uh, made history. You know, we had discovered a lot of things, the street lights. You know, the, uh, the uh, how you uh, can invent things from the peanut butter by George Washington Carver. You know, a lot of people like to depict, depict him as an Uncle Tom or whatever you want to call him or, or what have you. You know, but now I don't, I don't call him that. I call him as a great inventor. You know, how many uh, things he has created from the peanut alone. You know, so um, when people, you know, say things like that, they really don't know the true history of our people they need to do more reading and research uh, on our people like how many people know that the russian language the way it is spoken today day was created by more alexander alexander pushkin revolutionized the russian language the way it has the, the way it is spoken today call him mulatto, whatever you want to call him, but he was a boy. Still. Alexander Pushkin was a boy. A boy had revolutionized the Russian language. The way it is spoken today. He's responsible for that. Like I say, a lot of our people don't know a lot of these things. You know, or St. Marista more or what they call the Christian saint, or some maybe say the first Santa Claus was a boy. A lot of people don't know that. He was a boy. Matter of fact, St. Maurice, the Christian saint, his body is still entombed in Austria, part of Germany, to this very day. But they had gutted his body out and had stuffed it. And his body is still entombed. He is revered among many so-called Christians all over Europe. That's the Christian saint. And John Henson, as we all know, those of us that know already, was the first president of the United States of America under the Articles of Confederation. They only did one year term. He bought out of his hand, out of his pocket. He paid 
I don't know how many what they call sterling at the time, pay how much money for shoes and clothing and ammunition and weapons for the Revolutionary Army, for the Continental Army, out of his own pocket. Him and his brother. Forgot his brother's name, but uh, they uh, both had done that. He had been and created the first post office. The first post office was created by Moore, John Henson. And and also, he had created and founded the Thanksgiving holiday and declared it every fourth Thursday of November of every year. Later on in years, Abraham Lincoln came along and federalized it. At the time, the days of John Henson, the meal for Thanksgiving was a deer, not a turkey. Turkey wasn't invented until uh, then it came into play during the host- uh, Thanksgiving festival until the early 1920s, after the a movie The Birth of a Nation. As Dr. Eileen told me, yeah, taught me that, told me that. Uh, Came in, that, was, well, that was to celebrate the fall of the Ottoman Empire in the early 20th century. So the Europeans had created the Turkey to uh, to make mockery of the Moors because the ancient the ancient Turks were Moors. Moors and Moor and Turk are both interchangeable. They are one and the same. They are both synonymous. Both are synonymous terms. Because you also call Turks also Moors. Never separate yourself from Turkish ancestry. Because a lot of the ancient Turks were Moors. Um, I want you to, uh, to have, uh, have that, bear that in mind. That's where their flag had the crescent star, the crescent and the star. That's the Moors flag. Or they may call it the Turkish flag, but it's the Moors flag. Okay? These are some of the things I wanted to share to you this night. So like I said, those of you who uh, haven't uh, heard me announce, uh, uh, me announce the phone numbers, that's uh, Aileen, Dr. Aileen, number is 910-364-9099. My number is 314-644-4425. All right, I'm getting ready to sound off. And I hope I, I've been helpful to you tonight, and I hope I've done some good tonight. And may peace and honor be up with you and your loved ones and your family tonight. And how I tell you, Washita East, may my spirit and your spirit bring forth with the Jaguar. Peace. <laughs>